answer that question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not? Chasing history. Jake Larson. I needed to find this Shaka Khan song. I couldn't think of the name of it, and so I had to stop in the middle of the sidewalk. And two-time Nebraska walk-on tryout participant Colton Stone. <laughs> I'm putting a 12-6 that only has a 12 right at the batter's head. <laughs> yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Well, how about let's play baseball? It's... Chasing history time, 10 a.m. on a Friday. We're into the postseason. Uh, this is more like the play-in game, I'd say. Yeah, maybe. This is Dayton. We're going to Dayton for the, five, the first four. <laughs> the Dayton, Dayton. Dayton. Yeah, they as need we to change pitched. that name. As we, as we pitched. Colton Stone alongside Jake Larson. Uh, it's 10 a.m. Friday. Uh, we'll probably be changing. We don't know to what. I think I think what we might just do is move it in the afternoon if that works. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll find time to chase history for you guys. Dude, it's always it's always there's it's always time to chase history. It's always <laughs> Which is yes. why I can name more players in two thousand two than I can right now. <sighs> you know, I might be able to do that too and I don't even I don't even look up that much, to be honest. I I you know, it's almost as if, you know, sports were like more exciting back then. Hmm. It's almost like I cared. Um, here we go. So here so, we go. Yes, let's play football as the late, great, and still current Jeff Brown <laughs> once late, said. Late, I mean, he's still alive. <laughs> still, you can still be late and be, be alive, right? Anyways. Yeah, I guess so. And we're, I guess you could call this our baseball show. I mean, anymore, they've all been baseball shows the past couple weeks. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that it feels like it's easier, not easier to find history about baseball, but it's mm-hmm. like there's there's more intricate and unique things in baseball history. Oh, yeah. Like the, you know, 20 strikeout game, things mm-hmm. like that. Whereas in basketball, it's just, well, who did it next? Yeah. Like who, there's it's not more really debates. something that it's more, hasn't been done. Basketball is really peaking right now, I'd say. Yeah. Like, in entertainment-wise. Yeah. Entertainment-wise, quality-wise. Um, that's what I have so, to say. Because also, like, when I – excuse me, we thought of this show. <laughs> um, I was thinking it would be when like a – I thought show, you're right. You go ahead. <laughs> we'll go off. I now. was thinking about um, – being able to discuss, you know, historical sporting events like, you know, last week we had the Kentucky Derby. But all you can say is, oh, a horse won. It was the first time, a, you know, a brown horse won in a, in a couple of years. Was, wasn't it the f- first time a two-year-old horse won yeah, it in like over 100 winning years. a race before or something like I, that? I think – I thought it was just a two – yeah, that might have been it because I, I – I have wrote exactly once, but it's like I rode a horse once. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about the Kentucky Derby except was, for it's fun to watch because it's two minutes, but also four hours of coverage beforehand is really annoying. The most exciting two and a half minutes in sports. Um, oh. Well, if you're betting on sports, um, uh, when I was nine, I oh, chase some history here. Uh, I was in South Dakota for a uh, for vacation. Mm-hmm. And we went on um, a horseback riding, like, trip or whatever you want to call it. So me and my sister, um, it was normally, you know, like, I, did you ever ride a horse in Mahoney State Park? Like, is that where you went on one? Yes. That's okay, it, so yeah. you know how it's like, you got to stay on this path. You got to just keep up with the group and mm-hmm. whatever. Well, when we went, it was like 
keep up, but at the same time, it's like if your horse wants to run a little bit, like let it go. Mm-hmm. But it's or it's just like you kind of had more control, and it was actually like a free roaming like trail. But horses are cool, but uh, it's not my thing. Really. It was the first time that I was nine years or, or older that I rode a horse. <laughs> History. On today's show, we talk about horse. <laughs> Quote the great John C. Riley. One of our... I, oh, I, I sent you that thing about Tony Gwynn and Greg Maddox, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, you didn't send it to me, but I did see it. Oh, okay. I saw it as from good old Tyler oh. I Am. <laughs> At Tyler, I am true with it. You just dropped yours. <laughs> I, I was going to say, let's just have a show. Mm-mm. Good. <laughs> let's just have a show where we, our history is, we each go just back and forth talking about a story that happened to us during our childhood. <laughs> that'll, be our, that'll be our goodbye show. Uh, it, sorry, what was that? I was, I was just still just trying to like soak in that coffee. <laughs> You're the worst. I want to hear what you said one more time, please. I just said that we should have a show, our goodbye show. Yeah. For the year. Should be us just going back and forth talking about stories of our childhood. Whether it's relevant to the topic or not, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time I got really mad. My brother wouldn't let me play Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> I kind of went upstairs. Folks, this is Chasing History. We talk about sports stats. <laughs> <laughs> that was real pissed, okay? <laughs> I was. <laughs> okay. Well, where do we want to start, Jake? Um, you, know, you know it's going to be baseball, so. Well, yeah, I think we can start about um, likelihood of a 21 strikeout game. How did you read my mind? Because that's what I'm Googling right now. I'm pulling up the story that. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be. I know it's not going to be. It's not going to be a Steve Klein. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the first. That is the first baseball reference of the day. Baseball reference. Once again, if you don't know the game, they will have twelve players on their homepage every hour. Twelve random players of all time. And what I have to do is try to reference at least five of them during the show. And that is. We are going to talk about basketball at some point. I do remember that thing I sent you about who should be a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, the if three. You only had to oh, pick one. you know what? Let's do. No, we, you want to start with that? Yeah, and then we can just do baseball rest. Okay. Wow, we we are the most organized show. Well, you know, when you want to talk about baseball for oh, all time, um, I feel like I'm just going to put it out there. I know that both of us know, like, most sports pretty well. But I baseball? Think, I think baseball's our best one. Oh, I think easy. baseball's the one oh, we both easily. know I think, the most. I think, I think, you know, it's honestly, I love baseball. You base- know more players, I just, like, am able to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. See, that works out. <laughs> Someone's um, got to. But like, no, yeah, like honestly though, like the book, I don't want to be because I know it's an all sports show, but I will just have to admit it live on air that I love baseball so much that sometimes I forget other sports exist. Well, do you love baseball as much as Scotty Hobson liked playing in the NBA? I'm gonna take that as a yes. <laughs> and that's the game of uh, it's a basketball reference game. <laughs> Did you go on basketball reference? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay. So the uh, Instagram post. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. I'm just waiting to look up Scotty Hobson. See, like he retired after three years to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, that's probably what Luke Heron Goaty did, but uh, it wasn't what Matt Stairs did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So the I don't remember who it was by or whatever, but I happened to see it on Instagram's Discover page. It was if you had to pick one, who would make it into your Hall of Fame? And it was Derrick Rose, Rajon Rondo, and Dwight Howard. And a lot of people were saying, and not really wrong in the fact either. But a lot of people were saying, how do you not take Dwight? And as far as like early career Dwight versus oh. like the length of everyone's career, like yeah, you probably take Dwight Howard. But then again, Rondo's Rondo's got a ring with the Celtics, and uh, he kind of disappeared for a while, and he kind of reappeared this year. So I don't, I don't know. I want to. I, I went on Basketball Reference to kind of look up each of their stats. I think with I think with Dwight Howard and Rajon Rondo, it's going to be one of those things where when you look back on his career as a whole. You're going to be like, oh, he's pretty good. But players, just when they tend to, like, you know, teeter off for a lot of them. I mean, there's exceptions to, like, absolute superstars. Like when they make their stupid, stupid going away tour or farewell tour seasons. You know what we're going to do? What? The fair, We're going to do our farewell tour the last show. And just get, like, a thing from, like, every team in the league. It's like, yeah. of course, Texas Rangers are going to give us, like, a pair of boots. Or a hat. A nice old cowboy hat. I want to hear John Boy say that. Anyway, so with but like with guys like um, you know Jason Kidd, for example. I you know I remember like near the end of his career, it's like well, okay, he's he's a he's a he's a guy that plays basketball, but like you know back in two thousand four, he was Jason Kidd. He was the best point guard in the league, best easily best passing point guard in the league. If uh. You don't want to try to make an argument because you really can't there. But um, I think just con- considering what point in their career, their career they're in, we're going to be like, ah, are they really that good? But once we look back and kind of just on a retrospective of their whole career, we're going to be like, okay, yeah. Honestly, I would put both Rondo and Howard in the Hall of Fame. Um, Rose I wouldn't even consider because, mm-hmm. yeah, he had like his one amazing, amazing season mm-hmm. when he won the MVP. But – Immediately got injured, and yeah, I do believe that he could have gone on to do more things, mm-hmm. but that's not for sure. Well, it's also like, it's obviously what if, what could have, this, that, the other, because it wasn't like he went, okay, after I won the MVP, I'm just going to blow both my knees out. Like, it's not like it was a decision, anything he did that made him not a candidate for the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. it's that things like this happen when you get hurt you but i mean you don't don't become but you the don't ju- it's the hall of fame it's not the hall of talent well i know and, that, and that's what i'm saying like you don't like his body of work could have been greater if, i feel if he if he had if he had um someone who didn't have penny hardway's knees anthony and anthony hardaway Excuse me, I had to throw in the NBA hang time reference because I have to have that in the show now. Um, anyway, if he didn't have his knees, I think that he would be in the Hall of Fame. I think he might have even won. at least be closer. He would have. Honestly, I feel that if he, yeah, I, if he like was a healthy player, he would have, by now, he'd have four All-NBA first teams. That's my hot take. I don't think it's that hot though. I mean, like, yeah, because we're it's like 
were guessing or hoping that's what would have happened. But at the same time, the way he was playing, it, not it's more far. of a lukewarm take. It's simmering. The pan is still heating up. Yeah. Yeah. It's preheating. So, Dwight Howard, I'm, just, I'm not going to read their stats yet. I'm just going to read their accomplishments. Um, Dwight Howard, eight-time All-Star, which whether – I'm – do All-Star appearances matter? For the Hall of Fame? Just to you in general. Do, do, like, when you're looking at a player and if, like, one thing you had to compare between them was All-Star appearances, do you care? Because I don't. I do. Um, I not necessarily not necessarily number, but, like, length. Like, um, if so if we have a guy who has, like, four, like, five All-Star appearances all lined up, I will take the guy with four All-Star appearances that are kind of spread out through his career. Yeah. Because... You have to consider the situation the player's in, but I will. Con- but all star appearances in basketball, I care about because there's no thing about uh, if okay, we need to have a player from each team. It's just we need the twelve best guys in the conference. See, but I care about all NBA more than I care about all. Oh, well, well, fan, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's vote. oh, there's absolutely no question. I like, care about all team over right. over that. But I mean, it it, it it plays an effect if that's what you're trying to say i'm not saying it doesn't i'm just saying that because it's but i know i'd much no it's just showing that like if the fans all-star is basically the, if you gave the fans the all nba vote who just who they think is most popular but at the same time like they also aren't gonna pick guys that are only going you know three points a game so, so like they are picking the players that are probably the best but at the same time, it's like, okay, but that's only halfway through the season, so someone I mean, yeah, comparing, like, play. the All-Star game to, like, the All-NBA is, like, it's like Steve Cl- comparing Steve Klein to Andy Pettit. <laughs> Four. I know Andy Pettit. Yeah, because it was really nice to see. It was really refreshing to see his name someone you know. on there. Yeah. So. <laughs> anyways. But anyways, like, okay, yeah, so. in more seriousness, I'm going to totally pick All-NBA team. My right. example I'm going to just make a quick yeah, thing. Ahead. My big example with this is um so like Vince Carter super, you know, a super I wouldn't say he's old. a superstar player, but like no, I'm talking about like in his prime. Um I mean, god, he's old now, but um with Vince Carter, for example, he you know, he was a super exciting player, super fun to watch, yep. all that kind of stuff. Um very good offensive player, but like he had led the all-star vote like what was it like three four years in a row he was a leader in the all-star voting but he only had an all nba second team appearance and an all nba third team appearance in his career mm-hmm. because he couldn't play defense well yeah and that's why i honestly part of me i would vote i i think he'll be in the hall of fame i don't know how the process works but he will not make it first ballot <laughs> i don't know what to, I, I figured they were all the same but maybe not i don't, I don't know. know i'm not gonna assume hey if this car can but... still play tracy mcgrady should lace him up should get out there no uh, you can go back and play baseball like he did with the sugarland skeeters <laughs> remember that unfortunately yes well did you he see wasn't the, bad though which i thought was interesting iron pigs are trying to get lebron to play in the minors for a year big freeze <laughs> 
<laughs> have you not seen that commercial for Sprite? There's a commercial oh, for yeah, Sprite. Oh, yeah. No, I have. Yeah. Yeah, he's Big Freeze. <laughs> Which I think that shows the direction of baseball and basketball popularity in this country, that they have a baseball commercial in LeBron James. For a basketball player. LeBron remember James is the baseball week, player. Remember last week? I really want to get into this basketball thing, but re- remember how last week you said that uh, there are more baseball players from, like, pre-2005, like, popular like, – knowledge-wise or pre-2000s almost that are getting, like, commercial deals. Like, yeah, because, like, the Frank Thomas for the Nugenix thing or whatever I it is. I saw basically the same thing as a different brand or different company. So it was Bo Jackson. Five-hour energy? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was it – was, I'm a father. Well, yeah, your, your father. father. Excuse uh, me. So, guys, we didn't mean to make an inside joke on it. Um it's free real estate. Uh, but no, I saw a commercial with, with Bo Jackson uh, for like some vitality thing or I don't know, whatever it was. And I was just like, I and I get why they're using Bo Jackson and the Big Hurt and all that because like, yes, they're... That was actually when people they, cared about baseball, first well, of all. Well, there's that. Much and more the, exciting time for the sport. They are the... They're aging men, so like it'll actually... Proved to that, but it's like it's not like any of the other. But hey, but there's three. And not only that, but there's three other major sports too. They could have been like, oh, this is um, Troy Aikman for blah blah blah. And even players like that, those or Michael Jordan or Grant Hill or I think Michael Jordan makes enough money. (laughs) Clyde, true, or like you know Grant Hill or Clyde Drexler. The NBA was huge in the 90s, but there's a, no baseball was. We're just, just going to only use LeBron. Ba- MLB had more viewers collectively through the 90s than the NBA did. In the NBA in the 90s was just like it was the thing, right? So I think okay. that's, I think I think that's yeah, you know, it's interesting. We'll we'll roll through just like what these players did. That way we kind of have a grasp of who we could, why why we pick who we pick. So uh, Dwight Howard, eight-time Hall All Star. Two-time uh, block leader, or two-time block champ of the year, uh, five-time all def- all defensive NBA, three-time defensive player of the year, five-time total rebounding champ, eight-time All NBA, oh four oh five All Rookie, Rajon fourth-time All Star, uh, the oh nine two thousand ten steals champ, twenty eleven twenty twelve All NBA. See that he only has one All NBA. 2006, really? 2007, all-rookie, four-time all-defensive. Oh, I guess he doesn't really score a whole lot. That's going to hurt him. 2007-08, NBA champ, three-time assist champ. But his career is averaging 10, 4.8, and 8.5 assists. So, like, that's, I mean, not a bad line. It's a, it's a Rod Strickland line. You don't get that. But we're going to search that. Three... Three-time All-Star. This is Derrick Rose. Three-time All-Star. 2010-2011 All NBA. 2008-2009 All Rookie. 2010-2011 MVP. 2008-2009 Rookie of the Year. All right. So I made I made a reference to Rod Strickland. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So Rod Strickland, his he was a point guard in the 90s. Um, really good uh, pass-first guy. His line was 13, uh, seven and. Th- Three or f- closer to four, so thirteen, seven, and four. He only had he had no All Star game appearances. Yeah, he did lead the assists one league or one year. He had, and nineteen ninety eight was second team. 
but uh, he's clearly not in the Hall of Fame. So mm, I don't know if I'd pick Rajon uh, to go in the Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, I mean, it's Dwight for sure. Uh, Dwight, there's no question. And it's so funny when people have done like top, he was, top he was, 50 players or top like 75 players or whatever, and people have Dwight Howard in it. And people are like, what? Why is he well, higher than so and so? Why is 17, he like, 17 and 13. So that's all like, I got to say why about is that. He, why is he there? Well, it's like, look at what he's done. Look at <laughs> like, his, his rebounding. Like, people forget about how good of a rebounder he is. If he would have stayed like 100% healthy, which I'm not saying all, he honestly, really... if he had not gone to LA, he'd still be making all star games. Yeah. I mean, because I think, Kobe ruined him, and you know that. And he just – the thing is, is once he left, and he played, like, the whole season this year, and he played pretty – I mean, he played really well. Um, if he uh, – if he would have never left Orlando for a team that wasn't a good fit, mm-hmm. L.A. at least, Houston wasn't, like – I mean, he was there longer, but he didn't – he wasn't healthy the whole time, and – I think, he but his would've... numbers in like his number. Sorry, his numbers in Charlotte this year have like really rebounded. Were, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he, he's <laughs> had a really good. He had a really good year this year. So I don't know. I. I think Dwight's the Dwight. Yeah, Dwight. You have to take. Yeah, Dwight. I'd definitely take Dwight. Oh. Like even if without that thing, I'd think he's a Hall of Famer. If I mean Trace Dwight McGrady, is and Trace McGrady was my favorite player growing up, but I don't know if he makes he makes it a Hall of Fame if Rich Mitch Richmond. Makes it in the Hall of Fame. I don't see why Dwight Howard can't make it in the Hall of Fame. Is it outlandish to say that Dwight Howard's like a top 60 player of all time? No. Okay. No, he was the, one of the – he, I think you could say – Because some you people, hear, some you people hear throw a, their arms up and say, there's no way. You want to hear You want to hear an opinion. I don't know how hot of a take this is because that's a question questionable thing now. But in the new millennium, the greatest defender in the NBA – of all time throughout the new millennium, Dwight Howard. I mean, you can question. You can maybe I throw mean, in three-year defensive player of the year. Yeah, you can throw in. You can maybe throw three in times. Ben Wallace. Possibly, is up. He's up there. Yeah, but like you, not that I'm saying you know you really remember Dwight real vividly, but like Wallace, uh, maybe yeah. I just don't because the thing is like Wallace. Because the thing is Wallace was only I. I remember I was like a. Big fan of the those Pistons teams. Oh, I was too. Like the 04 Pistons. Oh yeah, because that was I remember my that was like one of the first sporting events I remember really like being in focus. My dad, my dad, the, I was six years old. Yeah, because I was yeah. six years old, and my dad's like, "Hey, we have to root for Detroit," and I'm like, "Why?" Root for the not Lakers. And and he's like, "Why?" It's like because they're like really. And that's the thing was, so yeah, the Lakers that year. Most of the, like a lot for most of the year, there was a lot of injury problems with that team, so their record wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. But overall, they were the better team because they had Kobe in his prime. They had Shaq, who you know, L.A. Lakers Shaq. That's all I got to say about that. Um, and they had Gary Payton, who throughout his career he was still a very good player. And Carl Malone, who's Carl Malone? I don't care how old he was, he's Carl Malone. Mm-hmm. You had all those guys in your starting lineup. You should be winning like. If that team was healthy and they didn't have all those problems with, with Shaq, uh, I don't know who Kobe Bryant is. I don't know who you're, who you're referring to. If they didn't have, they didn't have all those like chemistry problems, that team would beat the. Uh, they'd beat the uh, Golden State Warriors right now. 
That might be a hot take. That might be a hot take. But like I said, if because well, think of that all that talent, and they had a yeah, decent bench too, like Devin George, Rick Fox. Oh, Rick Fox, yeah. Also known as Clyde Livingston, Sweet Feet from Holes. All all I know is the only tough comparison between teams from like the early 2000s to the Warriors now, if they were to play each other, is how are you going to defend the three? Kobe. Kobe, I know Kobe's Kobe's going to stick to, is going to have to stick to someone. Probably Um, but I'd say Clay. If, if it's being, if I'm being completely honest, because for this reason, I was watching, I watched probably four minutes of that Warriors game the other night, like total. And every time I happened to look up, it was Curry or someone driving, and just kicking it to Clay Thompson, who wouldn't take a dribble, would just catch it, shoot it, and drain it. Like My, it's just that's the guy you have to close out because you know. Steph can shoot from the half court and make it. You know that as soon as he crosses half court, you've got to guard him. But if you take out Clay Thompson, then you've only really got one shooter. Not not that not that Durant can't do it, Draymond can't do it, and whoever the fifth guy that's out of throwing. One second, out I'm gonna court. bring up that Lakers team, but I will as of now I'm going to disagree with you because I mean that I I get the idea, like definitely there's no question about that. Um I mean, someone on that team can probably unless there's no one to cover Curry. You that's the thing Kobe is that Kobe Bryant, like okay, that team that we're referring to didn't have a lot of speed, and Kobe Bryant well, was by far the fastest the, guy, and he's the, the only one. Live on. Yeah, and Kobe Bryant's really the only guy I feel like can keep up and stick on to Steph. Um, you, I mean, you can maybe say Derek Fisher, maybe I don't really know if I. How much I you know agree with that? I'm looking at some of these guys. Yeah, so yeah, who are the guards? Oh on the wait, team? what am I? Am I saying that? Of course he's going to stick on uh, Clay. You're totally right because Gary Payton. Of course he's going to be sticking on Curry. Teron Lue. <laughs> he was in Orlando that year. Teron Lue's going to close out. Oh. <laughs> I um, uh, Steph Curry. all right. I know this is no one cares, but I was playing two and I we were doing the the blacktop thing where you pick the players and. Um, yeah, no. I picked, yeah, I picked Ty Lue, and he scored 12 points of my 21. Right. I, it was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. Was it two on two, or what was it? It was five on five. Oh, wow. jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How'd you let him get 12 points? Because he was just, they were just letting him open. And I was just like, fine, I'll just take, I'll just drive in. I'll take mid-range. I was taking so many mid-range shots with him, like he did in Nebraska, just making all of them. That's what he lived on at Nebraska, because he didn't have anyone to pass to. Actually... Benson Hamilton. Yeah, Benson Hamilton. Doesn't he also have not only is like one of the greatest scores in Nebraska history, but isn't he like pretty high on the assist list too? Yeah, but if you look at the assist list, like for careers, Nebraska has never like they've had like you know a one year wonder with some one guy who can really see the floor. But mm-hmm. historically, and I think this is what Nebraska basketball one of their problems is is they've never had a good passing point, or like a yeah, good uh-huh, consistent okay. passing point guard because. The, They've never had a good, consistent team. Uh, they made the team that won that like thirty games or whatever. Was, there was, yeah, there's the games. they won. They went to four championships or you know tournaments in a row. Yeah. Um, Eric Pajkowski. <laughs> well, I was gonna say there's, yeah, looking at the caliber of that team versus Tony Farmer, every other team, like yeah, there's a reason why they they were winners. But wow, we are already at that. 
near the halfway mark. Of this show. Halfway point. Baseball time. All right. Yeah, because uh, this is too much basketball Each for me. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about. Uh, I don't think we have to hang too long on this twenty-one strikeout thing, but we can if if it turns. I mean, it. it's it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen with any current player though. That's all I have to. So, Sam Miller of ESPN.com wrote this story. Made hey, I said my opinion. Let's come on. Let's move on. I. <laughs> I'm it's going to happen. I'm Who just, cares? I'm just, I'm just goofing. I'm yeah, just you want to you want to do this this thing that I had no time this, to look this, up. This thing. Well, I was looking through and it was like, you know, 1993, four pitchers in the modern era had struck out 16 in the game. It's like, oh, 1936 and 18. Bob Feller threw, what, 18, right? Yeah. He threw 17 strikeouts in a game at the age of 17. If that doesn't make you feel like crap, I don't know what will. Um. It says he matched it at 18. No, sorry. Dizzy Dean bested it, and then Bob Feller matched it. Okay. Two years later, Feller broke the record, striking out 18 in the final start of the 38th season. Sandy Koufax matched it twice. Carlton with 19 and 69. Uh, Tom Seaver and Nolan Ryan matched it, and then Roger Clemens was the first one to throw 20 in 1986. And 1998. Then, and My then boy. Clemens, K. Randy Johnson, Max Scherzer, are all of them 20. I don't know if I'm going to count Johnson's because Johnson did it in, like, I think he did in extras. Well, either way, he struck out 20. I mean, I get what you mean, though. I, I know. So I look I at it as a nine-inning game. But if you think about it, if someone were to go 11 innings and struck That's out impressive. That's players, impressive like, that you throw. Yeah. A, I mean, I, I want to look at it together, but I think it's just equally impressive. Just, yeah. I honestly... When I think about that game, I'm like, who cares that he got 20 strikeouts? He threw 11 innings. That's a rubber arm if there ever is one. Yeah. But um, like I said, it's going to happen. But I mentioned this to you. I'll bring up more of the points in this story. I, um, a long time ago, was reading uh, a great piece of work uh, called The Baseball Almanac. Um, I wish I could tell you who it was by. Um, and everything. This is just something I'd found in the library way back when. And I was reading a piece, and I could not find any information on this online. So I could have just maybe... It was in It was in nine innings, but he uh, missed missed out on tying the record because it went to extra innings. Oh, okay. Um, or breaking or whatever it was. So anyway, like I said, I cannot find any information on this online. Somewhere I might have to like post somewhere on Reddit and see if anyone else has seen this, but I was seeing something about in the like late 1870s. There was a team in a unofficial pro league because baseball was still a bit, little bit of the wild west back then in terms of what league. Like there was, of course, like the National Association. Um, but anyway, there are all these different professional teams. One of them along with, uh, interestingly, having a mostly uh, African-American black uh, team, allegedly they had a pitcher who threw a 22-strikeout game, which I think what is very impressive is that this is in the dead ball era, and strikeouts were never, especially in the dead ball era, strikeouts were, like, not a thing, because I've been looking at guys who, like, played in that time, and it would be, like, they would average. Who, and remember that, like, Baseball being such a macho sport, players didn't want to throw any less than the full nine innings. They would only average about three, four strikeouts a game. And then 
yeah, strikeouts never. It's really interesting to see when those records were established because, like, I remember reading about like you know, and I brought this up before. Walter Johnson, um, the Express, or the original Express. Um, it was like, oh, he's a you know, he maybe was probably the first guy to throw 100 miles per hour, and he still only was like seven and a half strikeouts a game, which is like in today's game is like that's an okay number. It's not great, but it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Which I and now I think with strikeouts becoming more and more of a thing, especially with power um, becoming more of a focus in baseball instead of just kind of uh, playing small ball. Uh, I think that's just it's like I said. This is why it's going to happen uh, pretty soon, but I don't know how soon. Honestly, my take for now is that before we make, I'm you know, let's see if my mind will change after you make some more points. But for now, I'm going to say. There's a guy in the mi- lower minor leagues right now who's going to break that record. That's who it's going to be. That's probably fair. I, um... Okay, so the reason... Or what's what's being discussed between it two is... And I think I may have texted you what the full like article was about. I haven't read every little detail of it, so... Um, but it was basically saying, like... What would happen first, 21 strikeouts or five home runs in a game by one batter? Uh, And, you know, they're going into it. The the fact that, yeah, five home runs would probably be, like it says, probably cooler. Like, it would probably be, that would be awesome. However, what are the chances that you, like it says, you get five at-bats, one, Mm -hmm. two, get five pitches that are worth a damn to hit and three actually put all five of them out of the park mm-hmm, and exactly. it's just i feel like and i know they've changed like the rule for intentional walks and all that but at this point if, if, that's like, like if I'm, someone came up i kind of like i kind of like them having to throw all four pitches though because what if they accidentally like you remember uh who was it uh i can't think of his name he plays for the Tigers. I know who you're talking about. Mickey. Mickey just rips one. Well, uh, I was I was thinking about this happened with the White Sox because I remember it was like, oh, this will never happen again when it happened like in a college game. But it ended up like a year later happening with the White Sox. Bases. No, there's a guy in third, second and third uh, with two outs. Teams. Wild, wild time. Yeah. Walk. Wild time on an intentional walk. Player runs in, uh, runs in the score, wins the game. Yeah. Walk off intentional walk. <laughs> Doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, what was I going to say? Um, so, but I feel like once you've got a guy that's hit three or four home runs in a game, if it happens, it's like, okay, how about we just we don't pitch to him, and so so like that could happen. And in the history of sport, there's only been four plate appearances that could have resulted in a fifth home run. Two were for Mike Cameron in 2002. Two were for Luke Garrett. That's it. Mike Cameron, really? Mike Cameron is a guy that a lot of players kind of... No batter in Major League history has even hit five homers in a row across games. So, that's why the comparison is like, yeah, five home runs would would be sweet, but look at all these guys that have struck out 18, 19, 20, and... Like it says here, Scherzer and Clemens each struck out 20 batters with at least one out to go, and then they got ground outs. Mm-hmm. And then 
Johnson, Ramon Martinez, and Kerry Wood all entered the ninth inning with 18 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. So if they would have struck out the side, so I remember they've get 21. I remember it like I've watched the game. Uh, I've watched the Wood game before, and like with the game being at Wrigley Field before the Cubs had made it to the World Series at home, that was considered the greatest game at Wrigley Field. I just remember with all the bad luck that had happened there for years and years and years and all it that. still is happening. Thank God, no. <laughs> um, looking at, like, so, yeah, he strikes out the first batter. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, it's going to happen. He's going to get 21. And then, <laughs> next, and, then next, and then the next thing, <laughs> the next thing that happens, he grounds out. Or the next guy grounds out, and the fans are like, okay, he's getting 19. We're, we're, that's not we're good. Screwed. We're screwed. Welcome to, welcome to the Cubs, Kerry Wood. You're probably going to get injured in a couple of years, and he ends up getting Tommy John surgery that September. Um, you know, because he played for the Cubs. Tommy John usually means you come back better. That's, uh, that's actually – well, in, I, Wood did. Honestly, but it's only the thing is, is like if you can maintain a certain velocity and like ability over years, it's better in the long run. But if you have to have Tommy John, those three or four years you come off the surgery, it's like this dude's chucking like four miles an hour faster, long like for longer. Well, yeah, Wood was really inconsistent. Um, he had managers that didn't know how to use young pitchers properly. Um, oh, was it Darren Erstad? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> No, it was even worse. One of them, though, it was fine because that was kind of still the peak of his career was uh, was Dusty Baker. Um, yeah, Dusty's got a bad he's got a bad rap of of you've got blowing arms. Oh, because not only that, but he was given two of the greatest young power pitchers ever when Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood, who both were like one and two in the league in strikeouts. Right. Cubs uh, in two thousand three were the all time leaders in strikeouts. Like there was. Like you were gonna go up to the plate, and it was you're gonna strike out the side, but it was okay because then the Cubs were gonna strike out the side themselves. But and then but then you throw in Dusty Baker, that's like the worst combination that you could have. <laughs> think about how many. I just started thinking, like in my head, I started thinking about. This. Think about how many uh, World Series appearances the Nationals could have had recently if Strasburg could actually go into. A damn playoffs and throw. If like think about if their pitchers actually had a real chance of throwing when when he was their manager. Is he still their manager? No, he no, he is not. Okay, I don't believe I didn't so. Think so. Yeah, I don't think so. But I remember I think what I've always wondered, like a interesting scenario is uh, in the mid two thousands, a Cubs the Cubs had a pitching coach by the name of Larry Rothschild, um, and the Cubs ended up having to fire him just because like Cubs were not getting results. But he was really regarded throughout his career as kind of the best pitching coach in baseball. Mm-hmm. And but for a while, um, I think he was one of the first managers for the Tampa Bay Rays, which isn't really a good situation to be given because that team was so bad for so long. But I would be interested. It's like. What if the Cubs had given Rothschild, a pitching coach, a shot with all these young pitchers with mechanics that aren't necessarily great on your arm but do help you? What would happen? Mm-hmm. I just this this is what I think about. <laughs> I hate you. Well, yeah, well, get them safe. Um, lastly, before we probably move on here, mm-hmm. 
Right, well, there's a couple more things I yeah, could probably roll through. Each year, probably we'll get to that. Yeah, briefly. Uh, Corey, I think I said this. Corey Kluber and Johnson both struck out 18 batters in eight innings before being pulled from their starts. I did find – so Johnson – the thing is, is Johnson struck out 20 in nine innings, but because it went to extras, the game will be viewed as extras. And they even asked – Oh, okay. They even asked Randy Johnson, like – why he didn't go out there for the tenth? He's like, I could have gone out there and struck out the twenty-first. But he's like, what, what's the point? He if had it's a, be in 10 the innings? guy. I mean, along with just being a great pitcher, but he had a rubber arm. Like he could pitch forever. That's what I'm saying. Like he could. That's what he says. Like I could have gone out there, but what's the point of doing it in ten innings? Like it wasn't going to count. Basically, uh, there have been twenty-six starts in which a pitcher has struck out at least ten batters and maintained at least a twenty-one strikeout pace before being pulled from the game, and. Uh, there have been more pitchers that have been pulled with shots at 21 still mathematically intact. Think about that. Think about how many pitchers where it's like, I, I, it, you've got to think between that seven, eight, nine range. Like that's where you start going. Like, uh, is this kind of gonna? Is it gonna last? I, yeah, there's one I remember. Uh, and then I'm there's the of. pitcher strikeout twenty one over nine over twenty seven. The one I'm thinking of is play, um, whatever. Yeah, two thousand seven. Rich Hill, who ended up kind of reinventing himself uh, again, and now has become a very successful pitcher with the also Dodgers. History in a second. Late, late in his career, um, Rich Hill, uh, for a while was at the Cubs. And uh, one game, he walked the first four batters, then he was pulled. So technically, he still had 21 intact. Uh, in the- that was hilarious. I want you to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was totally genuine. You're welcome. Welcome um, to Dorktown. I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> part of what I was going to say for history, yeah. uh, all like this says, nobody's going to hit 73 home runs in a low-homer environment, just like nobody's going to save 62 games Nobody saved 62 games before the modern bullpen was used. Mm-hmm. But I guess you can deem this the strikeout era, which is mm-hmm. the past, whatever. I don't know how many years you want to call Whenever it. Whenever Nolan Ryan started pitching, that's when the strikeout era started. Whenever uh, Adam Dunn started playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, really? This made a good point. Actually, um, Bob Deere. <laughs> you, I was looking Me. at, they brought him up as well. That's in that sh- the show, but I've also seen him in other times when they talk about home run or strikeout guys uh-huh. i compared the numbers and i think dunn is it, is it rough i think dunn might barely i think they but dunn had the higher percentage when it was like non-base hits but when it comes to just pure strikeout percentage yeesh yeah. i think there was one year I let me look you continue talking oh, but yeah. i'll look up his stats. i was just it's gonna like, say the the uh the reason some even have thrown perfect games despite not being very good. Um, I was going to say, or it says here, uh, we've seen three credible 21 strikeout alerts in the past week. Uh, James Paxton, who had 16 and 7 innings. I got the numbers. Ago. Oh, these are rough. Garrett Cole had 12 through 6 innings but ended up with only 16. And Scherzer had 15 and 6. Oh, my goodness. Scherzer had 15 strikeouts and 6 and a third before he was pulled. If he would have, like... That's pretty good. That's, so in the that's past, scary. In the past week, we've seen three guys go 15-plus and could have easily gone more if they if they would have stayed in. So I, my point here and my, his, my history was going to be the – James Paxton was the first Canadian to throw a no-hitter in Canada. Mm-hmm. Good for him. But he also struck out 16 <laughs> with a loss, but he struck out 16 earlier in that week. So he goes – 
strikes out 16, and then his next start, he only struck out seven, but he threw a no-hitter. So, that's a pretty good, that's an okay week. <laughs> I think part of it, though, I think that really the the um, talent and the skill level of batters has declined over the years. Um, I know... Uh, steroids, uh, steroids, but I think players should juice. That's just I do, well, dude. Of course, I but just, um, you agree. But I, what I wanted to bring up is like now players are leading like you know their respective league and home runs with like thirty eight. Honestly, the bar needs to be like forty. It's like forty, and you crack the top ten in your league. Um, and just yeah, the, it seems that just hitting skill is just not what it used to be. In terms of stats, and I and like pitchers have just become more dominant. But if there's becomes more and more players that can really that really know how to hit the ball, um, I think that we it'll that that will really determine when that strikeout thing will happen. Um, but if these hitting numbers continue to stay where they are, it's going to happen pretty soon. By the way, I do have the numbers for Rob Deer up. 1991, his first year at the Detroit Tigers, Jeez. he hit 25 home runs. Do you want to know how what his aver- batting average was? 219. 179. Oh, wow. I was, I was generous. <laughs> you were very generous. That is, uh, let's see what his, uh, he has career, he had sure, two, ho- 200, 230 home runs with the 220 average. He had more home, his home run number was higher than his average. Well. Actually, that's not too crazy because... Actually, when it's two thirty, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, well, yeah. If Considering have, the home run if you numbers, seven hundred home runs, you, you shouldn't have an eight hundred batting average. But when you but when you've hit two hundred and thirty, what was yeesh. his OPS? What was his on base? Either one. Um, his on base is all right for his career. Three twenty four compared to two twenty. That's a decent number. Okay. Um, OPS. His OPS for his career was seven seventy six. That's not terrible. It definitely could have been worse, that's for sure. Uh-huh. There you go. Um, last thing about this 21 strikeout thing, just because I'm like kind of going through this story. Uh, they say that it would have to be one of the highest pitch counts like of a season, of, a, of, you know, of the year. There have been 11 no-hitters in this decade, which p- the pitcher was allowed to throw 120 pitches, 8 over 125, 4 over 130, and 2 that were over 145. So most people – and by that time, a lot like it says in this story, like – by that time, most managers are going, okay, is it worth it to get a no-hitter if you've already thrown 115 pitches in the seventh inning? Um, and you're just kind of going through this, and it's like someone's going to have to like, potentially blow their arm just to just to get this. But, and it says an average of 4.8 pitches is needed uh, for a strikeout, which – like it says, then uh, if you give up a hit or eighty pitches, or that's you know that's what uh, Greg Maddox did in that complete game. So, but did he strike out twenty one? No, he is a ground ball pitcher. That's yeah. the difference. Which is fun. No, it's not. I'm great. just kidding. Greg Maddox was great. Tony Gwynn. That's, I read that, uh, and that's so true though. Tony Gwynn was just an unbelievable. He was he was the like the modern. Ted Williams when it came to like putting a science behind hitting, except for he wasn't completely whacked in the head. That we know of. That we know. Yeah, that we know of. We can't we can't jump to conclusions on this show. We so. gotta really put in our research. No. That's what we always um, do. Um Okay, Jake, I'll leave it up to you. Do you All right. want to 
Well, I just wanted to. Topic yeah, I think we in a bit in just a true. quick second we'll get uh, beat down the week. Purdue beat um, Fort Wayne twenty-seven to three this week. They had eighteen hits, twenty-six RBI, fifteen walks. I earlier this week I, I had don't a, know why I remember. I think all that's the kind of, those, that's kind of funny because earlier this week I'm like, does Purdue have a baseball team? <laughs> but now that's like, yeah, they, 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 Fort Wayne learned. Oh yeah, they got a baseball team. Purdue's actually. Hasn't been too bad this year. Yeah, they haven't been great, but yeah, their, 20, their logo is a train. I would expect them to be like a good strikeout team. I don't know. I, I would hope. I would hope that it. would. I would hope that would be the case. They got walked a lot by Fort Wayne, but that's kind of what happens in those high-scoring games when it's against a smaller school. It's like, yeah, we had 18 hits, but we had as many walks. Well, I think when you're, you know, when your logo is a train, you've got to have a baseball team because I think you just. You've I gotta, think you're right. I think that's a good that's a good rule yeah. that we should have. Okay. So, anyways, I just wanted to quickly um, mention um, Ichiro has I don't know how long ago this was. It seems like it was forever ago, but he did um, accept a front office job. Mm-hmm. That was last week. And I just wanted to say uh, congratulations to him. I know we won't hear this, um, but he had a you won't hear it in English at least. Yeah, <laughs> he had a great career. Um, he is definitely am I. He's definitely going to be first ballot. There's no question about it. Um, I would put him probably – I might put him in my starting nine in the new Millennium lineup uh, just with how efficient he was in the in the field, how many hits he was able to get, and just he was one of the smarter players in modern baseball. And now with that being said, I thought with his defensive prowess, who what is the all-time defensive starting nine? Colton may have – thought of his i kind of decided i would look through and i kind of created some power rankings as well to look at some honorable mentions because there are plenty of those so i'm going to go through the positions here and so let's look at what i have number one is so obvious for a pitcher it's greg maddox he has the most gold gloves of any pitcher ever um he had 18 almost 19 it's really funny when you look at who won the national league um you know, gold glove for pitchers because I saw he won it in like 06, 07, 08. And mm. I was like, I thought he would re- had retired by then, like completely honest. But no, he was still winning gold gloves. And like I said, from 1990 to 2008, only once did the National League pitcher winner for gold or gold glove winner for a pitcher was it not Greg Maddox. Number two is a guy by the name of Jim Cat who pitched for the Minnesota Twins. 16 gold gloves, decent number, um, and decent pitcher as well. Number three, Mike Hampton. He only won one gold glove, and that's solely because he was the person who interrupted Greg Maddox is what earns him to the number three spot on our list. And um, also, if you don't aren't familiar with Mike Hampton, he is the greatest non-pitcher pitcher, as well as winning the gold glove once. He was also, I think, a four-time uh, silver slugger for pitcher as well. And he had like an OPS one season for like, of like 800. So he's a very good hitter, probably the greatest hitting pitcher of all time. So then we go to here's here's what I'll okay. do. I'll, I'll have you go through your three, and then you'll be like, hmm. and then and then hmm. no, and then I'll just give you a player that may not be an all defensive nine, but one of my favorite players at that position. I love it. Okay. A great idea. Bob Gibson, pitcher. Go ahead. Next. And yeah, he, nine gold gloves from him. Yeah, he was so. he. It was between him and Mike Hampton for uh, third, but I wanted to not have any ties. So fair enough. Catcher, Von Rodriguez. Um, he's the D. But we're gonna defensive wins above replacement for this for time reasons. We're gonna call it Dewar, Dewar. So that's what it's gonna be now. So number two is Gary uh, Carter, 
looking through the stats for guys who, for leaders in caught stealing, Gary Carter was the only guy on the top 25 to have a colored photo. So, in other words, um, only modern era player to have been able to have that, to really have that good of an arm or at least that awareness, along with being the second guy in Dwar among catchers. Number three, we had I had a tie looking this up, and it was between uh, Jim Sunberg and Bob Boone. I went with Jim Sunberg uh, for two reasons. Uh, first of all, he was really one of the only guys I know who was a star player on his team, really for being a defensive catcher. Mm-hmm. And he also gets the nod because Sunberg played most of his career in Texas, and so he had to wear catcher's gear in Texas. That's got to be like pretty brutal. Hell. And so I give him I give him credit for doing that, and so that's what earns him a third spot on our list. So then we go to first baseman. So, so who's my okay. favorite catcher? Uh, my favorite catcher is going to either be between Yachty or Pudge. Yachty was really close on this list. That was that was Mike he Piazza's was pretty good too. Right there, but the thing was Piazza was a terrible defense. One of the worst defensive. Oh yeah, no, ever. I'm not saying it. I know. I'm just talking about like that's kind of. I don't know. He was, he was super. If you want him in your your lineup, like batting, then yeah. No, absolutely. Suffer suffer the defense. Yeah, suffer all the pass balls. Yeah. Go um, and so then we go to first baseman. Yeah, and I was trying to think. Of, there was another catcher that was way up there that I really wanted on here, but just wasn't good enough. And that was Charles Johnson. If you're familiar with Rick him or Carlton. not, Rick Wilkins. Yogi um, Berra. First baseman. Um, so we got Keith Hernandez as number one. Why? Because he was like one of one uh, first baseman to have a positive Dwar. Number two is a guy by the name of Vic Power. He's number two because he almost had a positive uh, wins above replacement. And number three, I want to say I'm cheating, but at the same time, no, because he still won a gold glove for first base. And if you look at his um, wins above defensive wins above replacement number, for his career, it's really, really good and way better than any guy that was a career first baseman, and that's Darren Erstad. Well, okay. He, um, yeah, he's one there. of one of yeah. two guys to win a Gold Glove at two different positions, and his number is I think his defensive wins above replacement is like ten, mm-hmm. and Keith Hernandez, who's number one first baseman, and he, like the only guy with the positive defensive wins, um, was like one and a half. So I had to put Erstad at number three. No, then we get to second baseman. This is a little Albert bit. Pujols or the big hurt. Go ahead. Big hurt. Big hurt. Between my two. So go ahead. We go second baseman. Um, so I started. I'm gonna, now I'm going to start going backwards here um, for because of because I have certain reasons why. So number three, we got a we've more got, recent guy. We've probably got about five minutes. Five six minutes. I'll just yep. tell you that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That's why I'm trying to run through this. I'm sprinting. I know. So we got number three, a recent guy, Orlando Husband, or, uh, Hudson. He had uh, 13.2 defensive wins uh, in only 10 seasons. Number two, we got Frank White, former Kansas City Royal. Um, he had, I think, the yeah, it was the highest war of any defensive uh, second baseman. Um, just barely, but he'd played a very long career, and he didn't have a very effective double play combination. However, number one is Nelly Fox because he has a very high defensive wins as well, and he also had a very good double play combination. In fact, one of the best of all time with a man by the name of Louis Aparicio for the Chicago White Sox, which really helped him in the go to the World Series in the late 50s, 1959, I believe, is when. 
So um, number for Chase, Chase Utley is like my favorite. Oh, he was great. Baseman, so. Third baseman number three is Brooks Robinson. Number two is Brooks Robinson, and number one is Brooks Robinson. It's not even close. Brooks Robinson. Oh, Brooks Robinson. <laughs> Brooks Robinson is easily, arguably, maybe the def- best defensive infielder of all time, um, or at least of non-shortstops because shortstops are, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. And so, yeah, he had a the highest. He was the number two all time in defensive wins. Brooks Robinson is, and I think pretty much everyone in the top twenty five, except for a couple guys, are shortstops. And so that just shows how effect or efficient he was. He was a superstar just because of how efficient of a defender he was. Who's your third baseman? Um, Adrian Beltre, Ron Sano, <laughs> Mr. Cub, Mike Schmidt, the real Mr. Cub, Mike Schmidt's way out there. Um, shortstop. Number three, as I mentioned earlier, Luis Aparicio. Um, he was very good. Uh, shortstop had a great double play combination. I put him over a guy from the dead ball era, even though I didn't want dead ball guys on here, and that was Joe Tinker. Um, but Aparicio had less ground balls to face than, uh, than a guy in the dead ball era. So he's number three. Number two is a guy by the name of Mark Bellinger, who played for the Baltimore Orioles, and he was at... Number two, second highest defensive uh, wins above replacement at shortstop. And number one, most wins, defensive wins above replacement of all time, Ozzie Smith, Wizard of Oz. I was actually going to guess that. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite shortstop, uh, just because of watching them grow up, uh, either Derek Jeter or Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins. I, like I, I love Rollins. I love me some Jimmy Rollins. I love watching him play. And now outfield, I started to give up. So I just have three, and those are also my three in the outfield. Okay. Number three. Roberto Clemente. Oh, yeah. Okay. He had great range and probably the greatest arm in baseball history. So he's at number three. We got number two, Willie Mays, one of the most exciting uh, outfielders of all time. And number one, easily makes this list after doing statistical research, the only outfielder in the top 25 in defensive wins above replacement. You will never guess who, but just go ahead and try to throw a name out there. He is a modern player. He's played... Um, within the past 10 years. It's not Barry Bonds? Not Barry Bonds. I, I Atlanta Braves. Atlanta. Oh. Is it uh, Atlanta Braves? That was when he like was like in his prime. Atlanta Braves. I'm drawing a... Like, I, I have an idea of a name, but I can't think... I even think of the, the kid's name. I don't... You might as well just tell me. All right. So number one greatest out defensive outfielder of all time, not even close statistically, Andrew Jones. Wow. Yeah. I you, when I looked at that, I, I was, was like, not get that. I had to rub my eyes a few times and squint. Like there, I was like, really? <laughs> but he was he he was good. He was. There's no question about that. But I didn't think he was that good. But get him safe. You might want to slap your headphones on for this one. All right. So glad you remembered to point that out. Um, favorite outfielder of all time for me is Griffey, maybe. Junior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was. I mean, like my Sosa player of all time. being a Cubs so. player or a Cubs fan, Sosa. But for me, you but. play for the Cubs. You might as well have. I mean, we might as well have. Okay. Two thousand. Yeah. So we'll figure out what time we're doing this thing next week, and probably not tell anybody. Um, <laughs> for the love of God, please don't. So it's uh, Jake. Uh, shout out to Rolly. Got a shout out to Mustache Man. Shout out to Sideshow. Shout out to uh, who are we missing? Pot Roast. Shout out to Pot Roast and pot, shout out to Whirly. All right. Okay. Well, we'll catch you guys. Have fun in Chicago, next week. Dad.
Like you. Thanks for not listening. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we will catch you guys next week uh, as it's uh, been another week of Chasing History. We'll chase more history and debate, debate more history next week. Thanks for listening.